NPL semi-final weekend and the NPL wins is in the books. We now look ahead to what should be a cracking grand final next weekend. Welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football News NPL. So it's got Adam as usual. Adam, as I said, semi-final weekend in the book and two very good games. Yeah, look, uh, at the end of the day, the best uh, the best four teams in that league uh, played off. They, we had a bit of a preview last week, but they did for, they did a bit of dress rehearsal this week. It was for real. And uh, we have uh, two, two grand finals. We absolutely do. We'll get to the MPL men's catch-up game as well as the FQPL women's later. We'll start off with the meaningful games of the weekend in the MPL women's semi-final. I'm starting with the semi-final one, which we were at at Lions Stadium on Saturday night, Adam. It was a 5-1 win, ultimately, for the home side, the Premier's Lions. to see over recent so it was goals from Mariel Hecker in the 23rd minute, 21st minute, Amy Gunth in the 23rd minute, Misha Westland in the 54th, and two goals later on from Shay Connors in the 88th and 92nd. It were more than enough to beat East, who had one goal from Sophie Burston in the 79th minute. It was a game where once Lions got the first goal, it was pretty comfortable, wasn't it? It was, although um, I think East had their chances at times. I know that Sophie Person had a, a golden chance um, late in the first half. That was to say, well, by Coco Majsarovic, who I thought had an excellent game, uh, you know, all, all considering. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, look, I think 5-1 may have been a little bit flattering. Um, it was probably a 2-3-1 result um, with Shea Connors obviously coming off the bench late and uh, and icing the game with a couple of uh, extra goals to continue her uh, golden boot uh, collection. Absolutely. Up to 39 goals now in the season, the runaway leader in the NPL women's. But I think you're right. 3-1, it was a pretty even, a pretty relatively close game, but just the Lions, East were pushing forward and Lions took advantage. But I think that chance you mentioned for person early in the for half time, if that does go in, maybe it's a different game. But I just thought that for a semi final performance, that was a very convincing performance of Lions, particularly the way they created their goals. Yeah, look, and this, this has been the hallmark of this Lions side as well that uh, it doesn't seem to be, um, you know, a drop off in intensity. They, they, they even though they, they wrapped up uh, the league and also you know, won the uh, Cup of Women's Super Cup weeks ago, they, they seem to have found a way to be able to stay motivated. And rather than sort of you know, go stop-start, because you expect them to be motivated for a knockout semi-final, but it's just been at the same level the whole way through. And maybe with the exception of the last meeting against East, um, it has been pretty much... Uh, Smooth sailing, and as they were, and um, this is what we we've come to expect from this uh, Lions team. Absolutely, you mentioned that most recent result against East, a two-all draw in the second last round of the regular season. I reckon that probably would have sharpened the focus as well, given that that was just after they had won the two trophies in a week. So perhaps there might have been a little bit of a hangover effect from that. But you would imagine, Adam, that that result, a two-all draw, where they just got out of jail, would have really sharpened the focus this week. Well, it, it obviously um, it put a target uh, on East somewhat that they that they were capable of of challenging um, lines, and that, that probably was extra motivation to say that you know. They, and as, as we keep on saying, they are the last team to go out and actually beat a Lions women's uh, team. So uh, it's a it's a case of you know they they were they were up for it. Uh, the, Defence obviously is not as solid as um, we would like to have seen when that they went through that unbelievable run where they didn't concede a goal in about a thousand minutes. But obviously there's a big hole there that's been left because of a serious injury. But I think that there's still there's still room for improvement, especially defensively. So I think that back four, that reshuffle back four, are still trying to figure out what is the best combination. So that might be a dangerous thing for 
for you know, Grand Falls, they're, they're, they're still, there's still room for improvement for this side. And just when you thought that, you know, that it wasn't the complete article yet. That is a scary thing. It's given the fact that they've absolutely dominated the competition this year. The fact that there may still be improvement is quite remarkable. After the game, we caught up with the coach of Lions, Rob Askew. So let's hear what Rob had to say after securing an appearance in yet another NPL Women's Grand Final. Okay, we're joined by the coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Rob, five more minutes here over East in the semi final through to be another Grand Final. Really good performance there from your side. I guess the first goal was really crucial, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I think, um, well, we felt that scoring first was important tonight because, um, you know, in our last experience with them, they defended pretty pretty um, grimly when they had that lead and it wasn't until the last few kicks of the game that we managed to get the equaliser. So we knew if they, if they were to score first, then I think it would be a very tough job to break them down. But we got the first and the second and went on with it. They were all sensational goals. Um, team goals, great uh, great build-up and, um, yeah, it's the type of football we want to play and, and uh, it was a really pleasing performance. I guess that's the most pleasing thing, isn't it? The nature of the goals were really well worked. Yeah, they were all. I was just saying to the girls that they were all top shelf and... Um, yeah, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. Um, we can go into next week with a real confidence because I really, you know, I feel like the games we played against um, Gold Coast and Capalabar, I thought they were great performances, but tonight was it was a level above. Did, is, did playing East a couple of weeks ago as well as Capalabar and Gold Coast recently has that kind of given you that added focus for this back end of the season? You're playing against a team, so you're going to have to play in yeah, this two weeks. Absolutely, and. Uh, you know, we won the league by then, and it really, it really did. You know, we didn't want to approach those three games in a careless way because, you know, psychologically, you want to you want to win those games so that when we meet these teams in the finals, we have that 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 slight psychological advantage. And um, they were also great preparation. Three the three best teams in the competition um, for our last three fixtures means that we come into into these games pretty well match hardened, and uh, you know, I think we're humming at the moment. Looking ahead to this, you're obviously no strength to Grand Falls. It's something you've been in every one in the MPL era and plenty before that as well. So obviously the team have as well. I mean, yeah, is um, sorry, is the fact that you've been so many times, do you try and keep it normal or say it's a normal week or do you try and embrace the fact that this is a bit different going into the Grand Final? Well, I'm just saying to the girls that they need to enjoy it. Um, you know, this is our, our club's third in a row. Yeah. And um, I know from my time at the Gap where we were in seven straight grand finals from 2012 to 2018 that there were times in that period there where people begin to think that that's normal and they take it for granted but I, I know that there are lots of very good players in this competition that have never been to one so um, it is a special moment in that way but the way you approach it is the same it's still a game of football and it still requires the same processes to win yeah, yeah, they can be a little bit more intense, but if you get caught up in the emotion and then you drift away from what your philosophy is and your playing style, then you can get hurt. That's fine. I'm not going to ask you who you'd rather play because I know you won't answer that, but the semi-final two next tomorrow between Capalabar and Goldcrest, I imagine you'll have a keen eye on that one, perhaps a trip down to the complex to have a look. Nah, I watch it on MPL TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my A licence at the moment, so they wouldn't let me go for that. Um, yeah, definitely doesn't matter which one we get both teams will be great opponents and um and, and, and i think a really good grand final for people to come and watch and thank you to rob once again for having time to talk to us after the game last night and adam it's his 10th successive grand final seventh in the mpl three before that in the brisbane women's Premier league it's an unbelievable record isn't it it is um what, what more can you say about rob askew as a success as as a coach uh in the women's football here 
in Queensland. Um, now to be in every MPL grand final, uh, and also as well, it's it's a case of um, that that yeah, it, he wouldn't be fine. He wouldn't be nervous come finals week. I think he knows what it's all about, and I think that, that as well, that's a massive um, plus. Whereas you consider. We consider, you know, on the other side of the fence, um, and we're about to obviously talk about it, but Kapalabar getting through over Gold Coast United, and someone like for an Archie Honda and how he prepares uh, for, for Rob, I'd, I'd suggest that it's probably just a normal week. It may very well be. If anyone's not going to get nervous in a grand final, it would certainly be Rob Askew, but he wasn't the only award winner last night. Adam, do you want to talk us through what the award you presented after the game on Saturday night? Yes, uh, we had we had our um, most valuable player award for the MPL women's uh, competition, and it was awarded to Shay Connors uh, of Lions. Obviously, uh, uh, she's polled twenty-two of twenty-five possible votes, just to show how dominant. Um, Thirty-nine goals this season, obviously uh, part of this. You know, this Plus amazing. Cup, so it's probably over yeah. forty. Oh yes, so yeah, thirty-nine. Goals, we have 40 goals. Where it is, it's an amazing amount, and yeah, it's a deserved winner. Um, so, teammate Mario Hecker was second, uh, uh, Isabel Habuda, Ricatano, and Amy Gunston round out the top five votes. And the vote voting was done by uh, you and I, as well as the MPL TV uh, match commentators, including our very, very esteemed colleague who is, I know, he's in action right this moment. on <laughs> on another don't um, tell them how platform. we do this if players have a problem they're going to come directly after us about it but no in all seriousness congratulations <laughs> to Shay it's an unbelievable year that she's had obviously 40 plus goals in all competitions it's an unbelievable year and capped off with a return to the A-League women's side with Brisbane Raw so a tremendous season and well done to Shay on that award we'll move on to the second semi-final Adam played down at Coppolex County Sports Park on Sunday afternoon where Gold Coast United had to, took a 1-0 lead in this game, but were pegged back in the second half by a great fight back from Kapalabar by two goals to one. Whitney Knight in the 70th and Amber Sims in the 82nd cancelled out a Bella Habuda 35th-minute penalty. And this was a... It, we always thought this was going to be a really, really close game. It could go either way, and it proved that way, didn't it? Because it was, it was a very even game. It was. Um, it all comes down to opportunities and taking chances. And uh, at the end of the day, Kapalabar were the ones that took their chances, uh, chance their arm, and they were... And they were victorious, and they they uh, heap on the misery for Gold Coast United for back-to-back years where they had a home final and they have failed to reach the um, the grand final. So that's something that I think this year more than anything, I think, stenu- I think the last couple of years were extenuating circumstances, you know, with COVID and all that, and how much it just shows that you know how vulnerable that this club is, you know, to the border, you know, closures and whatnot. Um, oh, they they saw they sorely miss. Um, Deanna Thompson, I think that she would have made you know, a difference as well on that because it just seems as though that the game plan that that um, that Kapalabar sort of worked on was if you shut down Bella Habuda, and obviously as we just said in the our MVP vote, she was you know, up there in third place, the, the highest rated player you know, outside that line side. Um, you shut her down, and you're probably gonna you could probably go halfway to stopping Gold Coast United, and that's pretty much what's happened uh, this afternoon. I said, hopefully they'll be able to get D. Thompson back to the club next year when all these border issues are hopefully behind us as we move on. But you're right, I think Gold Coast, they were pretty good in this game in the first half. But once once Kapalabar started to get moving in the second, it was the, you saw the momentum start to shit fucking speak clearly. But 
Uh, the big players for Kapala by really stood up, didn't they? And Amy Chapman with two assists in this game was... You, this is the sort of game where you want players of that quality to really stand up for you. Absolutely, and that's, that's all, and that's the key stone to uh, Kapalba's success. And if they have any chance of knocking off Lions in the grand final next week, it's got to be the Amy Chapmans, the Larissa Crummers. You know, you know, Amber Sims, obviously, she's she's starting to find some form up front. They're the players that need to really step up and be counted. Like, and not like Anna McGrath, you know, I'm not sure if Holly Palmer, who wasn't named today, whether she will she will be in the grand final squad next week. I'm not sure where the, what what's happened there, but uh, it's those play, those top players. They've all got to stand up and hope that they can either by force or unforced, you know, cause Lions to have an off day because that's probably the only path that they're going to be they're going to take to lift that trophy uh, next Saturday night. So we'll talk about the grand final and then give a little bit of preview to it because the three sides, these two sides, have played three times this year. And to your point, the, the three games have been dominated quite convincingly by Lions. It was four nil in the first game in the league. They played in the cup round six, which was another three nil win for Lions and three nil in the final round of the regular season just a week ago. So it is, you'd have to say that Lions are going to go in clear cut favorites in this game, but Capalaba certainly have the players to trouble them if they can just get, bring it on the day. I think that seems to be the, the um, big thing. Look, I think, I think that's what comes down to as far as preview that on all evidence and on form and all that, you'd almost say that Lions are unbackable favorites. They probably deserve to be. Um, they, they are the most dominant team, you know, of, yeah, of the season. They have been the most dominant club over the last few years. But the one thing that I think that Capalaba can draw their hopes on is on paper, they have got the players to be able to, you know, to trouble and to and to score goals and actually you know, force the pressure back onto lines. And that might be the one thing that, they, that they've got they've got to you know hold on to as far as you know belief. Because if if it's sort of like you say you're right, if you start reading into the whole 10 nil aggregate over three games a season. Um, look, they, they may as well not show up on on uh, on Saturday night because it, it'll be just be a procession. But they certainly have the players and the experience um, to to be able to trouble them. They've just got to execute, and then maybe hopefully the Lions, you know, you know, being this the being the last game of their season, you know, they they sort of you know falter. Yeah, I think the big focus. I think the first goal is going to be absolutely crucial in this game. If Capalaba can get the first goal or mm. keep it tight for a long period of time, it might be able to just create a bit of nerves in that Lions team because you have to imagine they will go in with bad loads of confidence. I think they need their again they need the big players. Once again, I mentioned Amy Chapman had a couple of assists. One was a secondary assist from a free kick, but a really important performance from her today. You need her to stand up once again. Billy Murphy midfield as well. You need players like that to really have big games in there to just try and get enough of the balls and get the ball forward to the players like Larissa Crummer, who you mentioned, who can create chances. Because you mentioned Lions do have a, gap, a, a bit of a gap in the back four with obviously no Holly McQueen available at, with injury. So there is potential there for Capalaba to spring a, spring a surprise or two if they can just get enough ball to the front third. That might be the one chink in the armour that uh, that Lions have, and that is Holly McQueen missing. That, and I know I alluded that when we were talking about their their game earlier, that they did present East with a couple of chances that probably ordinarily would not have happened had Holly McQueen been fully fit and you know and basically you know locking down that um, that centre back role. So that's probably where like Larissa Kramer changed the game. She's a, she's a game changer. Um, she come she 
she came on in this game this afternoon, and that's when the tide turned to them because she obviously not only she got um, you know, scoring ability, but just her presence enough to sort of you know to move defenders around to, to give opportunities like an Amber Sims and and Whitney Knight who scored the other goal uh, to to be able to you know to prosper. And yeah, you, know, you have and if you have an Amy Chapman who's obviously you know a former Tilda bags of experience. Look, they, they could create trouble. But, um, yeah, if, if the sort of, it, as you said, the first goal is going to be crucial because it's, it'll be a case of where the Lions, if they can get a quick kill and put two or three on them early, yeah, it's going to be a very, very long night at uh, Parc de Prix on Saturday night. A bit like what happened last year, unfortunately, to yes, Logan Lightning, yep. as you mentioned, the grand final will be next Saturday night at Parc de Prix, kicking off at 6 p.m. We'll move on to the FQP women's quickly while we were talking about the women's game, Adam, the final round of the regular season was conducted over the weekend. And the most important result of the weekend was at Goodwin Park, a 5-0 win for Olympic over Brisbane City. Goals from Alira Toby, Willow Luakina, Grace Chalmers, the goalkeeper Julie Duffy stepped up for a penalty and Talisha Derek made it five at the very end. That was more than enough, Adam, to secure Olympics passage back to the NPL. They only needed a point. They ended up getting all three with a convincing win. And that was pretty much a deserved result for them. So congratulations to Olympic into the NPL next year. Yeah, the, this game was actually relatively close. It's certainly another game where, yes, you look at it, you read it on paper and you hear that as I was like, oh, it must have one-way traffic. City were good value for about 60 minutes, but then um, it was a case of the one goal that broke that broke them, and in the end, it was just they, they ran away with it. So, so but um, yeah, Olympic, having a look at uh, you actually provided me with some interesting um, some interesting stats about the the uh, points table if you if you have reset to zero after the split and Olympic are still clear are still clearly on top so you, you have to say that they deserve um, on the balance of the last eight games since it became FQPLW that they deserve their promotion place and they probably you know they'll they'll you know be better next season I think as far as you're being competitive with that nine team MPL women's next season. Absolutely. 26 goals to score to three against and 22 points out of a possible 24 for Olympics since the split. So they've certainly been the most dominant side in the FQPL women's, despite the fact it was close between them and Western Pro when you add in the results from the first half of the season. Elsewhere in the final round of FQPL women's, it was a 6-0 win for Western Pride over Mitchell. And they did their part to try and cause a final day boil over. It wasn't to be for them, but 6-0 there for them. Two goals from Abby Lloyd, two for April Gleeson. 15 goals in, in eight games for Abby Lloyd, by the way, is the golden boot winner in FQ Pilgrim. So congratulations to Abby. A nil-all draw between Virginia and the Gap, and Logan had an 8-1 win over Southwest Queensland Thunder. If you do look at the table, which, which includes both these eight games, along with the first 16 in the NPL, 24 games played for Olympic. They finish on 45 points. That's three points clear of Western Pride in 42. Brisbane City, 39. Mitchelton, 26. Logan, 25. Virginia, also 25. The Gap, 14. Thunder, 6. And Peninsula Power, 5. So it's a, been an even competition since these eight weeks, which is probably what we were looking for when you did split the competition up or when FQ split it up, Adam, which is what you want. So looking ahead, this competition could be a very even one next year. Oh, I think it'll be an absolute dogfight next season, um, especially with, I believe, uh, there's a couple of extra teams. I have to, I have to get that confirmed. Um, I, I think I read somewhere that the um, the Brisbane Women's Premier League champions, Broadbeach, who did the double uh, today, completed the double, uh, they'll be up next season. So that, that'll, that'll be an interesting um, addition to the 
to the competition as obviously the, the pyramid grows uh, as of next season. So, but yeah, I think the main thing, I think if, if you sort of, you know, on a whole assess you know, the validity of doing this and, and splitting the competition in two, I would say at least on the FQPL women's side, I think it's been a success. Um, you can't, you sort of, unfortunately, you can't help teams like the Gap and Southwest Queensland Thunder and Peninsula Power. They're always going to struggle, even in this competition. But obviously, they have meaningful games for these lower clubs like Olympic, Western Pride, Brisbane City up until the final week. Even Logan were you know, churning out the points late. Uh, probably left their run just probably a little too late. Um, look, I think I think you know it's good for them and good for the development of those players. And, that's, and at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want meaningful games for as long a season as possible. Uh, because if it's had stayed as the um, as the combined seventeen teams, uh, like some of these games would just be you know, absolutely rancid. I think, and that's there's no disrespect to the players themselves, but the motivation levels would have been less than zero. Yeah. A, a, a blowout result doesn't do anybody any good. So playing games which are relevant to yourselves is always yeah. important. And I think it actually was a really good decision that they did that with FQ. I think having 17 teams is too many anyway, in terms of in a top division. So yeah, they needed to do it, but it has worked out very well. And I think there'll be a couple of clubs in that competition investing quite heavily over the off-season to try and, spe- and especially move into well, the NPL next year. Especially when you have such a gap in class and resources and whatnot that have lines at the top right down to potential power at the bottom. Uh, when you have that gulf of class, yeah, 17 teams, it's just, yeah, it, I, I understand the reasons behind it um, and why a split didn't happen until 16 weeks into the season. But, but yeah, look, um, I think in the end, having those small divisions, it, it makes for more competitive games. This this weekend probably not a good example of that. There's a few a few blowouts, but again, uh, it's I think I think it's it's been for the best for the development of women's football at the senior level um, in in those divisions. Absolutely, it has been. I look forward to seeing it back in action in 2022. We'll move on to the three MPL men's games that were played over the weekend, and we'll go chronologically in terms of the order from the rounds these were played. And first up, a round three catch-up game up at AJ Kelly Park between the Premier's Peninsula Power and Gold Coast United. But the visitors sprung a bit of an upset here with a win by five goals, three, two goals from Riley Thompson-King, two for Tom Fagens and one for Blake Thompson on the penalty spot. Were enough to cancel out two Andy Pengelly penalties, which both went the same way. So interesting always when a player takes two penalties in the same game, he went the same way and scored both, <laughs> along with, as well as nine goals. So Gold Coast United, they did spring a bit of an upset and... What do you make of that? Because they're finishing the season quite well, Gold Coast, but for Peninsula Power, I'm sure this was a game they would have been looking for win, win well, and then have a bit of a celebration with the trophy afterwards. Yes, this is a weird one as well. And it's interesting seeing Gold Coast United scoring five goals and not having the names uh, Kyle Smith or Smeltz Well, only on one there. of them played. Uh, only Shane Smeltz was involved. Yeah. The other two weren't actually involved, so oh, it's yeah, very different. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a so Tom Fagens has actually he he's popped up in the score show. I think he's got four in the last two games as well. So uh, he may be one to watch for for the future. But uh, you you're absolutely right that Gold Coast United. It's good to see him uh, chalking up some wins late in the season because their season's been it's been stop start. Um, they never really got a handle where they really were because they were always you know two to three games behind the rest. Um, that. That yeah, that you never really got a gauge of where they were. They'll they'll finish mid table, leave uh, seventh or so eighth or ninth. I have to 
Double check that. I'll, I'll, I'll correct myself first, and I'll correct you. So, so I said one of them played. Okay, well. Kyle started in. Samson was on the bench. But yep. in terms of Gold Coast United, they will finish in eighth place on the table. Eight. They, they will fit. They have five points could have reached with the game to play, and they can't catch Morton Bay. So they're very much locked into that that eighth spot, which is right smack in the middle of the table, which is probably a nice first year for Gray Piddick. But you you'll be hoping for next season with potentially. A little bit of recruitment and improvement in some of the young players. You mentioned like a Tom Fagin, so they could take that step forward and maybe start pushing for a potential final spot. Yeah, and that's that's exactly uh, eighth place to finish. Which yeah, that's probably probably where after the sort of the start they had the season. I think it's probably a fair way to be. As for Peninsula Power, um, yeah, look, this is a weird result for them as far as it's inconsequential as far as the uh, finals. Finals run goes, or they've, they've they've wrapped up the premiership, played a few a few youngsters as to start, but it's not. But it may it may be actually you know, funny enough. It may be a good thing because it may shock them out of the system. And say you know what, if you're going to play like that, um, come come finals, there will not be a grand final. So maybe having that sort of uh, result come out uh, two weeks ahead allows them to sort of, you know, you know I guess reassess and, you know, sort of re-aim ahead of the, uh, ma- the matchup against Sunshine Coast Wanderers next Sunday night and then, and then uh, with, with a view ahead to the same finals. But, um, yeah, look, I think it, more, it was more gain for uh, Gold Coast United and them, their, them, their performances and finishing season rather than potential power. Bit, a bit hollow having to lift the trophy after that performance, but you know what? At the end of the day, they they did they were the bad team for yeah you know, twenty five rounds of the season so far. So so yeah, so it's uh yep. they probably deserve it. They do and thirty goals for Andy Pengelly for the season and counting for him for Gold Coast. It's a, they needed a scalp, didn't they? They've been pretty competitive for the season. They really needed a scalp, and they'll get their they'll get their chance for what will Grail get a chance to go back to tonight's next week and get a potential potentially knock them off in the final round of the season, which ultimately won't mean anything for Gold Coast Knights, given they were officially eliminated from the top four. But there's always there'll be plenty plenty riding on that next week at that point. Oh, absolutely, and it gives them, it gives them confidence going into uh, into that that uh, Gold Coast derby next week. That uh, they're still chasing their first win in the derby, so uh, they are at the moment a team in form. Uh, Gold Coast Knights, their their last effort was. Uh, I think it was it was the first. Uh, yes, they lost to Redlands last week. Yeah, lost to Redlands. So, so, so yeah. So um, they it may be a case of uh, they'll they'll go they'll go up with the tails up into into a derby game. Whether whether Gold Coast Knights are motivated enough to you know to put the importance on the derby to come out and really fire. That's that's going to be the um the question this week going into that game is whether Knights will be up for it. Because I, I guarantee you Gold Coast United will be. They will be. Now, the Gold Coast Knights do have the FFA Cup tie at some point in the future to worry about, so it might be a bit more important than they were saying, but they have been eliminated from the top four this year because of Sunshine Coast Wanderers' win from a game which is rescheduled from round 10 over Magpies Crusaders. It was a 5-0 win up at Ballinge Park on Saturday night. Two goals from Ethan Galbraith, one for Daniel Cutler, Jacob Fullock and Josh Forsey was more than enough to beat the Wanderers. It was a result which I think we all expected, Adam, but they played quite well, the Wanderers, to get the result. Yeah, they they they're gonna um I guess the the defeat against uh Morton Bay United I think is gonna pro- is gonna probably what's gonna hurt them I think um and sort of how that that all fell apart at Walter Park last Sunday night um 
especially as well, they, they need to they need to go up, you know, to be any chance, you know, is that they're they're now hoping for results to go it go in their favour, which I think you know, you'd be very, very game to to back. But um yeah, they'll go they'll go up against potential power next Sunday night. Uh, but I I dare say they'll be finishing fifth place. Yeah, they have a narrow path to the top four, Sunset Coast Wanderers, but it is there. We'll go through it quickly for you now. They need to beat Peninsula Power, obviously, next weekend, which would be a, a big result up at Ballinger Park. They also need Olympic to drop points in at least one of games against either Magpies Crusaders to be played on Wednesday night or Brisbane Strikers in the in their final game next Sunday evening. So you'd have to say, again, with Olympic having two games against teams at the bottom end of the table, you'd have to, to assume that they're probably going to get enough points out of those two games to finish ahead of Sunshine Coast Wanderers. The other chance which could have gone the Wanderers' way, Adam, was if Lions dropped points today in their game, which was brought forward a week because of their cup tie, and that did not happen. The Lions won by four goals to one over Morton Bay United. Goals from Max Mikula with two. Alex Fechner and Jordan Farina secured Lions' spot in the final series. So that's three teams secured, and it's down to one. But Lions, we'll talk about the final switch in a minute, but on this one game, Lions, they were... They were made to work for it by Morton Bay for a while there, but they ultimately just the motivation factor of Lions having something to play for proved too much. Yeah, Morton Bay as well, um, missing three key players uh, in in Declan Smith, uh, Joe Scott, and uh, I can't remember I think the Rio other one. I know was the third uh, one, but he was yes, and Rio I know was on the bench. Um, yeah, through suspension and whatnot, so they were, they were playing shorthand as as it was, and um, yeah, they they did they did fought, fight back. To, to make it one all, uh, a fantastic header at the um, far post uh, by Tom Alton. Um, but but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, Lions too much. Uh, Max Mikula having obviously he's still he's still banging goals, which he's having a he's having a fantastic season. And uh, yeah, they they wrapped it up uh, j- just after the hour mark. He did actually a great free kick from Max Mikula, actually right on the stroke of half time mm. to put Lions back in front. It was really well worked. And I think that was probably the most important thing, wasn't it? Because if they did go in at one all, it might have it might have given them reason to have a bit of bit of a cause for concern and given given Morton Bay a bit of momentum. But that goal was really crucial. It was um, that was the settler, and obviously that that pretty much I think broke the resistance of Morton Bay, who really had nothing to play for. They they were going to finish seventh this season. Um, yeah, so it was a case of what Lions' attitude was going to be coming in the second half, and at the end of the day, they, they, did, they get the job. They uh, qualify for finals. They It will now come down to what Olympic do as to whether they uh, finish third or fourth. Absolutely. So we'll go through the table slightly now. Peninsula Power, they are first place on 59 points. Raw, who didn't play this weekend, stay in second on 54. Lions uh, stay uh, move up to third on 53. Wanderers are into fourth on 50, and Olympic are fifth on 49. They're the teams who are still fighting for spots in the finals. So it's one point gap between Olympic and the Wanderers. Olympic have that game in hand on Wednesday night. So a draw would be enough actually to get them ahead of Sunset Coast Wanderers going into the final game, given they've got the better goal difference. But it certainly is in Olympic's hands, isn't it? And the Wanderers, it's been a great season from them. We would have loved to see them make the finals. It'd be great to see if they can do it next weekend, because if they do it, it'll be absolutely madness to see what happens, how that eventuates. But it just might be they'd fall agonisingly short. Yeah, there's a couple of games there probably that they would look back 
on in the season say, oh, we probably should have won that. But that that that, that said, um, a, no matter what happens next week, a fantastic season by Paul Arneson and his, his squad uh, defied absolutely everyone as far as their predictions goes. Uh, and they have a lot to be proud of uh, no, matter, no matter what happens. And I think it gives them as well, like with no, with a, with a squad that's not really recognizable for any superstar players and all that, that is a great foundation going forward as well. That you now they add, you know, one or two more, you know, high quality players to that lineup. Um, they, 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 like next season finals, like that next step to finals may not be beyond them. And also as well, um, they will, they will one, they were one game shy of the national round of the FFA Cup as well. They fell at round seven two, Gold Coast Knights. So, look, it's uh, a case of yeah, you know, whatever they've done this season. Uh, there's a lot of room for them to improve next season. So, yeah. yeah, they're right there. They are right there knocking on the door of the finals. And who knows, it may open for them in the next week. We'll have to wait and see as much of a long time. As this rest of the table is almost going to finish as it is, Adam. We've got some Gold Coast Knights. Well, they will finish in sixth place. Morton Bay will finish in seventh. Gold Coast will finish in Gold Coast will finish in eighth. East will finish probably in ninth, maybe tenth with Logan. Intense. So there's one point gap between them. They might flip next week. We'll have to wait and see. But those teams are all guaranteed safety. The only other interesting mm. position in the NPL going into the final weekend is at the bottom. We spoke heavily about this last week, and it's obviously been delayed a week, and it is next weekend. Kapalabar v Redlands, the three-point gap there. Kapalabar need a point at home against Redlands. Uh, anything further to add on this? Um, let's say I'm disappointed that uh, this is this is going to clash. This is going to clash with the uh, the uh, Raw Lions FFA Cup game, but nonetheless, it's going to be um, a big occasion for both sides next week. Um, probably, probably one of the most high-stakes games that we've seen, I think, ever in the NPL. I think uh, that you know, basically, you win and you punch your ticket uh, to the NPL 2022, and. Uh, yeah, I think both those clubs, I hope they're up for it. I hope the banter is loud and, you know, between the fans because yeah, it deserves um, the billing it gets. But, uh, yeah, just slightly disappointed that uh, there will be a clash, will be a slight clash um, between that and the FFA Cup game uh, and it'll probably prevent us from uh, being at Max Haynes Field. It probably will, unfortunately, but we'll certainly give it the coverage. So it's not often that a, a game between teams 11th and 12th on the table will over, would overshadow a Gold Coast derby and a clash between first and fourth with a final yeah. spot on the line, but it probably is going into the final <laughs> round. That is the most important, most interesting fixture of all of them, isn't it? Yep, it's a it's the last piece of the puzzle in in this season uh, to see who who claims the uh, the final the eleventh final spot into um, MPL next season. And uh, yeah, and, and like I said, local rivals are separated by ten kilometres. It's like I said, bragging, bragging rights for many, many years to come. I think are on the line uh, next Sunday. Well, it'll been about ten years since they played between before last year, so it may very well be a long time before they play again. We'll have to wait and see. And if it's anything like what we saw last year at Goodwin Park between City and Olympic, it'll be an absolute cracker. I'm very much looking forward to that game next Sunday evening. Watching it on the stream, unfortunately, but either way, before we wrap up, Adam, who is your performer of the week? Um. Oh, geez. Um. All right. Yeah. Do you have one or not? Because I've got one. Uh you go. I'll just. Uh, I'll, I'll take Max Mickle. I thought his performance today for Lions was absolutely incredible. I think it's what they, br as a young player joining that club for the first time this year. I think he's been 
he's been an influential part of this team and why they've why they'll be in the top four this year. I think that the free kick ride on half time was was a great way to round that. What's been a really good regular season. So he's my performer of the week. Yeah, look, I'm uh, former for week for me. I'm, I'm gonna go with Shay Connors, um, uh, mainly because uh, two late goals, uh, but also as well, uh, like I said, the uh, Brisbane Football Review uh, NPL Women's uh, Most Valuable Player, and uh, like I said absolutely deserved. And like I said, she gets the Player of the Week and the uh, beautiful glass trophy that we provide her. Absolutely, and potentially a starring role next weekend in the Grand Final. Have to wait and see about that. And thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. I'd love to for this edition of the Football News NPL Sunday Show. We'll be back once again next weekend to recap that NPL Women's Grand Final between Lions and Capalaba, as well as the final round in the NPL Men's. We'll talk to you all once again next weekend.